G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You know, in parenting, we can't see the future. We can't see everything that's going to come up. As much as we like to think we're in control of these little people, they are their own people and they make their own choices and there's things that happen out of our control. Are you a mum in need of support and encouragement? Our guest today is Jodie Kupka, Managing Director of Mothers of Preschoolers Australia, or affectionately known as MOPS. She's a teacher and author of a book called Stepping Up in Leadership. We'll be discussing the ministry of MOPS, the value of motherhood, and navigating the beautiful mess of parenting and relationships. That's Jodie Kupka with myself, Brett Ryan, for Focus on the Family Australia. Well, welcome, Jodie, who's joining us from Perth, Western Australia. Hello, thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about the Jody story. Oh, well, this could take a long time. I'll give you the brief version. <laughs> so I live in Perth with my husband. We've been married for about 17 years now. And we have a 10-year-old daughter, or as she likes to remind me, she's nearly 11. Well, so, they all yeah. like to be that little bit extra. <laughs> yes. So important facts, important facts. Uh, so I'm actually originally from Zimbabwe way back when, uh, but I've been living in Australia for quite a while now. Fantastic. So, yeah. And tell us a little bit about your history of MOPS and how you got involved. Yeah. Well, I first started going to MOPS just after my daughter was born, so almost 11 years ago now, and it was really my sanity saver. It was where I needed to be to be put together again each week. Uh, my intro to mothering was very tough. My daughter had severe reflux. She barely slept, which meant... I barely slept and there was just a whole lot going on. So I was not doing very well mentally at the time at all. Uh, so having this place of community where they understood what you were going through and they could provide mentoring, they held my baby for me so I could have a break and gave me a hot cup of tea and just were there to listen and support and encourage was just so vital in those early days. Fantastic. And that yeah. was a perfect timing for you. And we all need that community and especially as a new mum. And so tell us a little bit more about who is MOPS and what is MOPS? Yeah, so MOPS, as you said, stands for Mothers of Preschoolers. And so we are very specifically focused on mums of young kids. And we partner with local churches and other organisations to equip them to run groups for mums in their community. So the idea is they are given uh, resources, training, leadership support to enable them to reach out to the mums in their community for a place of belonging and connection, for a place where they can develop as mothers, but also just as women and leaders in themselves. Mm -hmm. But then it's also an opportunity for the church to share Jesus with them, uh, particularly for mums who don't know Jesus, who might not have the opportunity, but they can hear about him and the difference that he makes in the lives of the other mums that they're getting to know. 
Well, that certainly gains my attention. Sometimes people have this perception that it was just to get mothers together and have a cup of tea or hold each other's babies. But really, the original outreach focus or the vision of MOPS was for evangelistic reasons. Yes, Absolutely. We know that it's such a key time in a woman's life uh, where she is looking for that community connection. She's thinking about her family and values that they want to have in their family and looking for those relationships. And we know that relationship is so key when it comes to evangelism and being able to share the gospel with people. So having a safe place where she can come into your church ministry feel accepted and welcome and part of that community makes it so much easier. We know from research that if a woman knows just one or two people in your church, she is far more likely to come along. So MOPS really is about providing those opportunities to build relationships with people in community. And I would imagine mothers are really wanting this community because it's so vitally important for their development, for their sanity, to learn the tricks of the trade from those who have gone before, but also to earn that right to introduce them to the gospel. Yes, yes, absolutely. It is so key. And the other thing we know from research is the mother is a key influence in the family. One of my favorite stories that I've heard in MOPS is we had this one mum who was coming along to MOPS and it was actually her toddler who was being looked after in the MOPS Kids program, fell in love with the carers there and just loved being at the church and getting to play with the toys. And so this little toddler asked mum, can we go to church on Sunday because I want to see the carers? Uh, And so the mum was like, okay we'll go along to church and so she started coming to church to bring her child along because her child loved it so much Uh, through that her husband ended up coming and we saw an entire family come to know Jesus and their lives transformed making an eternal difference and we also think about the generational impact of that as well like you're not just changing the mum's life but then you're changing the lives of the kids and their kids and their kids through this heritage that you can create this legacy that is so good i've got goosebumps because i mean (laughs) i can understand that's a great story that you always remember but i would imagine that there'd be many other stories similar to that about whole families coming to faith by simply through the conduit of a mother's group. Yes, absolutely. There are definitely a lot of stories. One of my other stories that I love, I actually got to meet uh, through another role I have, uh, a 15-year-old girl last year, and it turned out that her mum actually came to know Jesus through a mops group. 15 years earlier and just seeing the impact and that was so special seeing that as well and her mum had actually been a single mum her husband had just left her she was left with this tiny baby on her own and so she came to mops for support found community that just came alongside her and supported her and loved her and through that she could see Jesus in action Uh, and that was just so critical and now 15 years later the whole family is changed that is awesome it seems such a simple model but yet so powerful and uh, for churches to get involved what would it take you said before about training that's part of the mops australia help to support those churches wanting to outreach to their communities and this seems to be a no-brainer 
<laughs> well, I certainly think so, but I'm slightly biased, I will admit. Uh, but really what some of the things that we do, so churches will charter a group with us and that gives them full access to all of our resources and our support. Uh, so each year we have like an annual theme and we have a whole lot of meeting plans and leadership guides and all sorts of different resources that go along with that. So you can literally run a year's worth of MOPS meetings just using the videos and the meeting plans we provide if you so choose. What a church really needs though and what we find is often the deciding factor is if women in the church are willing to actually step up, put aside their own concerns and, and anxiety around it, and be willing to be part of this kingdom work and actually yeah. stepping up. So we usually say you need four leaders to run a very effective group. I've seen some amazing groups run with less and they do an amazing job too, but we usually recommend a minimum of four leaders to be able to run it. And the whole idea of it is it's by mums for mums. So it's run by mums for the mums. So it's also a great opportunity. I know when I was a mum of a young kid, I kind of felt like my entire world revolved around keeping this little person alive. And I kind of knew it was for a while. Yeah. And I didn't see myself as a leader. I didn't think that I had many skills to offer. But it was through being involved in the MOPS group and I started getting involved at a local level and just helping out lead in my local group and then went on to, you know, state and now national levels, which I'm very glad no one told me at the time this would be the trajectory. I think I would have run a mile <laughs> at the time. But, you know, it's a journey, it's a process. But it's such a key way of we still have something to offer. Yeah. We still have so many gifts and abilities that we can bring in this context, which is specifically designed with the needs of mums of young kids in mind. Yeah. Where so many other ministries, so many other things that we're usually involved in, uh, it may not be possible for a season while you're in that intense season. Yeah. But the other thing that we really need in MOPS groups is mentors. Yeah. So mums of all the kids, grandmas, it's so key. Like those mentors that I had in my own local group when I so needed it was just such a big part of encouraging me and helping me know that I was okay, <laughs> that it was going to be okay. Yeah. And so you need the both. We love having mums of young kids involved in leadership because they understand, they get it. And then having those mentors alongside them is just so key to running these groups. I could well imagine. And I can only guess that the supply and demand is a challenge. You've got so many mothers would like to have this community, which means the harvest is ripe. It just needs a few more labourers. But here is something that's really low-hanging fruit in churches to invite people from the community into the four walls of their church to connect with other human beings that don't have two heads and you earn that right to come alongside somebody and mentor them and to help them in practical terms but also introduce them to our wonderful heavenly father yes absolutely and that's what we see time and again i literally have hundreds of emails and phone calls every year of mums looking for groups. And sometimes we can connect them in with a local group and that makes us so happy. 
the unfortunate reality, particularly after the pandemic, which has been so hard for churches, and I know they have been working so hard just to mm. keep things going in this time. And so we understand how difficult it's been, but we've had a lot of groups close. Uh, and that means that we have the reality of a lot of the inquiries we get through now, there isn't a group near them. We don't have any options for them to connect into and that breaks my heart when yeah. I'm on the phone mum desperate for community and I can't offer her a mops group near yeah. her so yeah we would really love more churches to sort of catch the heart of we have this opportunity to reach families we have this opportunity to make a generational difference in our community and it gets people who may not necessarily be leaders you know in the inverted commas category but they can help in looking after the children and freeing up the mums who can connect with other people who may be a little bit more confident talking to a stranger but they won't be strangers for very long because that common denominator of being a mother certainly is something that is so cherished and needed yeah absolutely and the other thing that I've loved seeing through MOPS in my own life, but then also in the lives of so many others, is seeing women suddenly discover these giftings and these leadership qualities that they had no idea they had and developing those and then going on to workplaces and other not-for-profit organizations or into other church ministries and just thriving because they've had this safe place to start developing those skills yeah. and discover some of those things that they never thought possible. That is so good. Nothing is ever, ever wasted. And those skills can be used in multiple different areas. Absolutely. Mm. This is Brett Ryan, and I hope you're enjoying this show. Stay with us as we continue our chat with Managing Director of MOPS Australia, Jody Kupka, right here on Focus on the Family Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Hi and welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan. And we're chatting with Managing Director of MOPS Australia, Joe Kupke, about the value of motherhood and community. Speaking of motherhood, it's really easy, isn't it? No brainer. You can just, you know, have a baby and everything's easy. Of course, of course. I wish. <laughs> you could say there are a million manuals out there on how to parent and it's still hard and we're still trying to figure everything out. It's definitely not an easy journey for some harder than others. Yeah. And it depends on their support network. And that's the reason why MOPS is so vitally important. It creates that community. It creates that support network. And you need each other. We shouldn't do life in isolation. So from your experience personally or your experience in your role as managing director of MOPS, are you seeing some common threads that many mothers are suffering from? Definitely. Uh, I mean, there's a whole lot that we could pull out, but I think the biggest one that has actually been standing out to me from my own journey, but then also seeing the mums in our groups is fear. You know, fear and anxiety is so prevalent 
in our communities and you add a global pandemic to that and it's become a real yeah. issue for a lot of people and it can be absolutely debilitating. I have people close to me who struggle with this and have seen, you know, that journey up close. It's so hard and I think there's something with fear because we need fear in some ways. Like it does have a role and a purpose. When yeah. my toddler was running towards the road, I needed that fear to kick in that flight fight response so I could actually get there and yeah. stop them and protect them. You know, it has a purpose. God created us with fear responses yeah. for a reason. But the problem is that even though fear is normal and fear has a purpose, fear can be a betraying liar. You know, yeah. it lies to us and it becomes such a hold on us. Uh, and I think that's something that I see so often. And there's kind of four categories of fear that you can kind of boil down everything else that you're thinking about into. Yep. And that is fear of what others think. Yeah, big one. And it's not unique just for mothers, by the way. No. Definitely not. Uh, but, you know, you, you hear about mummy wars and, and all of these things go on and it can be really hard mm. trying to navigate that as well. Uh, we fear not being in control and the unknown. Yep. It can be really scary, you know, in parenting. We, we can't see the future. We can't see everything that's going to come up. Mm -hmm. uh, as much as we like to think we're in control of these little people, they are their own people and yep. they make their own choices and there's things that happen out of our control. Uh, the fear of discomfort, and this is a big one. We like to be comfortable. We like things to be easy. We like things to be smooth. Yeah. And so something that's going to ruffle that and take us out of our comfort zone, we can be very resistant to as yeah. people. Probably not one that you necessarily think of as a fear, but it is actually fear driving underneath mm. that. Uh, and then we have the fear of being wrong, like <laughs> for some more than others. Or making a mistake, yeah. Being wrong, that fear of failure can feel so big. Yeah. And if you stop and take a moment and think about all the things that are worrying you, all the things going around in your mind at the moment, you can probably see how those would fit in different categories. Mm. And I personally find it really helpful when I can see how that shows up in my life. Yeah. So if we think of, you know, fear of what others think, turns up as a desire to look good. Yeah. You know, I might even tell a few white lies to make people think that I'm better than I am because I want to look good and I don't want to lose face. Mm. And I want people to think that I have it all together and, you know, we think of all the filters and the Instagram photo where you've cleared out all the clutter so it looks like your house is beautiful even <laughs> though you've got a pile of toys behind you. And My mother has a cleaner in, but she tidies the house before the cleaner gets there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So this desire to look good is actually driven by that fear underneath. Mm. Then we have the fear of discomfort. It shows up as a desire to feel good. So this is where, you know, we know that maybe some of the scrolling we do on our phones, the mindless scrolling isn't actually all that good for us. Yeah. But it makes us feel good in the minute. Yeah. So we'll do it anyway. Or I really can't be bothered going out and dealing with all this hassle that's going on. Yeah, I actually heard just the other day, there's a thing called HOGO, a hassle of going out. Yes. And, um, and that's a new thing that we're discovering, that through the pandemic, people have just got used to staying at home and uh, not going out. 
Yeah. So a couple of the other ones that it shows up. So the fear of our lack of control and the unknown shows up as this desire to be in control. And we do everything that we can to try and control situations and people around us. There'll be a number of people listening to this that are control freaks and they acknowledge that. I put myself in that category wholeheartedly. That's that's something <laughs> I deal with every day. So <laughs> I feel you. I get you. Uh, and then the fear of being wrong obviously shows up as this desire to be right. And we have to be right about everything. And I think a lot of social media these days would uh, provide lots of examples of this where we have to be right about our opinion and there's, there's no room for, oh, maybe I have this wrong. Maybe I'm going to be open to some new ideas. So mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot there. But if we look at what we can do about it, I think once we've recognized it and been aware of it, that's definitely the first bit because often it's in a blind spot and we're not aware of it. But one thing that always stands out in the Bible for me is we get this most frequent command, do not be afraid, be strong and courageous. These repeated commands, I think God knew what he was doing. I think he knew that fear would be a little bit of a thing in our lives. And it gives us this solution, which is perfect love. Like there's literally a verse in the Bible that says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And that, you know, 1 John 4, 18 is literally spelt out in black and white. But I used to actually be really confused by this for a long time. I'm Mm -hmm. like, surely the opposite of fear is courage. Surely the solution for fear is courage. Why is it love? Like, this doesn't make sense to my logical brain. And I've wrestled through that and talking to God, I'm like, why? Why is it this? And I came to realize that when we actually allow that perfect love to totally saturate us, that we actually believe it. It's Mm. easy to say the words, you know, particularly us Christians, we're great at saying the right words, (laughs) but it's different when it reaches our heart. Because then we're able to actually let go of some of those four desires that is driven by fear and switch it over into what I call the four wills. So the desire to look good becomes the willing to look foolish. And it's okay to be foolish. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be foolish. We don't have to look good all the time. And in fact, there's multiple examples in the Bible where it says we actually have to look foolish in the world's eyes to do what God's calling us to do. Yeah. It doesn't always make sense. <laughs> it doesn't always paint us in the best light in the world's eyes. So we have to be willing for that and uh, willing to be uncomfortable and put aside, hey, it's not actually about me in this moment. It's about what I can do to love my neighbor. It's about what I can do to make an impact in my community, to follow what God has asked me to do, even if, hey, that's not very comfortable right now. Yeah. And that's There's going to be a lot of people listening to this are going to feel a little bit uncomfortable anyway by being challenged by this. But this is so good. Just the reminder that, you know, love does cast out all fear. To be reminded of that and to have that true passion and, and zeal for God that all other things that distract us often about looking good and feeling good and being in control. Let's unpack that a little bit more. How do we overcome being in control? Well, I think first we recognize we were never in control to start with. Like it's an illusion. No, no. <laughs> and I think the last two years have proven that to us time and time again. Really, there's only two things we control, our perceptions and our behavior, like our own reactions to things and how we respond. That's the only thing we're in control of at the end yeah. of the day. There's nothing else that we actually have control of. So it's about, you know, willing to let go of that control or that 
perception of control and step into the unknown. Take that brave step. And it's hard. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. But again, when you have that foundation of knowing that you are completely loved, knowing that God, our Father, is this safe refuge for us, it's so much easier to do that. Yeah. He loves us despite our flaws. Exactly. Despite our failings and despite all of our mistakes, God loves us unconditionally and he sent his son Jesus. And it's so good to be reminded of that. And we need to be constantly reminded about that. Absolutely. Constantly, constantly. And then we come to this willingness to be wrong and to realize that we don't know it all. And that's okay. I think this kind of goes hand in hand with that willingness to look foolish sometimes as well. Mm. This is really where humility comes in. And being willing to be humble and say, hey, I don't actually know much about your experience and what it's like to live in your shoes. Can you share more with me? Being willing to listen and know that we don't always know everything, that sometimes we can think we know something. But when you listen to someone else's story, you go, oh, wow, that just gives me a whole new perspective on what that's like for you. And I think this really does away with a lot of those judgments that we can hold for others particularly in parenting and those sorts of things, there is no cookie cutter. There is no one size fits all. Mm. You know, we can draw lots of great advice and encouragement from lots of sources. But when we set ourselves up, and I think we see that so much in our current culture where you almost have these, like these tribes and it's becoming more and more insulated where you have to belong to one particular viewpoint and if you belong to that viewpoint, you can't have any other viewpoint. Yeah. And I mean, more and more people trying to make things black and white where there's actually shades of grey yeah. in a lot of things that we're dealing with. And that's something that's been missing very much throughout this whole last couple of years, grace. Yes. Showing that unmerited favour, as God showed grace to us, we should be able to show grace to others. Yes. When we're approaching it with love and grace, it creates such a different atmosphere. Yeah. Well, Jody, thank you so much for sharing today. There's so much we've got out of it, not only just for the ministry of MOPS and the importance of it for community and for churches to put up their hand and say, hey, there's many people out there who would love to be involved in a group like this to connect them to their local church. And then we heard a little bit about the fears. This is so very helpful. Thank you so very much. You're so welcome. I have loved being here with you. Our guest today was Jody Kupka. If you'd like to find out more about the Ministry of Mops, you can go to their website at mops.org.au. And if you'd like to find out more about Jody and her blog and her podcast and her book, Stepping Up in Leadership, you can go to Joe Kopke, which is J-O-K-O-E-P-K-E.com. And thanks for joining us today. We hope this program has encouraged you in your journey as a mother and challenged you to face your fears to consider leading in your community. And as a special, we'd like to offer a free ebook, a book by mums and a few men included, including myself, and it's called Stories That Speak Love. You can go to our website at families.org.au. I'm Brett Ryan. We look forward to you tuning in again for another edition of Focus on the Family Australia. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.